eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Thursday edition of PFT Live. Good morning, everyone. Watching the program on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 211, or watching on NBCSN two hours from now at 9 Eastern, although for you it's not two hours from now. It's right now. Podcast audience, whenever you happen to frequent your favorite or at least one of your favorite podcasts, we don't need to be your favorite. We just need to be one you listen to. You can hate us as long as you listen to us. I really don't care. I do care about my good friend Christopher Sims. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention. What? I forgot to mention UK what? and Ireland, Sky Sports, NFL. How I can't dare leave you? them out. Yeah, can't I can't leave, leave them, them out. out. Don't do that. They, they, I think they like us more. I do too. In the UK and Ireland than they do in the US. Not that they hate us in the US, but they like us more there <laughs> they to do. the point where I'd like to move there. Not, <laughs> not because of anything, just because they, they, I mean, like, I'd like to be around a place where we would be appreciated. I think we should go invade. Uh, the UK and Ireland, and uh, they'd get sick of us quickly. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe I wouldn't make it a permanent. We're out a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we were, we were, we were planning to go. We were planning to visit. I know. Until the world turned upside down. Yeah, uh, that would have been awesome. But I, I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, social media, uh, the UK fans and everything that it's usually very positive and things like that. Where. Hey, obviously there's more people here in America, but we see a few more negative comments from the people around the country here. But I constantly get emails every day from folks who I don't know how you do watch it. the program in the UK and Ireland. Uh, I just it's easy. Uh, you, you read it and you either respond to it, you ignore it, or you delete it. Okay. It takes five seconds. Man, it doesn't take very long at all. That takes. It doesn't take two hours, which is the length of today's show, and we're going to spend all two hours talking about the UK and Ireland. But we do appreciate <laughs> our friends there. Uh, and so. Uh, we 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 don't have an election result yet, but that's okay. Democracy sometimes takes time, and we're getting there. We're right. we're 24 hours closer than we were yesterday. And in Pennsylvania, they continue to diligently count the votes. And one thing that impressed a lot of people last night and got a lot of attention: Steelers players chipping in to yeah. buy dinner right. for the. The workers in Allegheny County who are counting through the ballots. So that was awesome. And they got a thank you from the powers that be in Allegheny County. And then on top of that, Arrowhead Stadium turned into an Election Day voting site only after Patrick Mahomes bought machines along with the Kansas City Chiefs because the election board originally had said Arrowhead Stadium can't be a polling site because they didn't have machines. So Mahomes wrote the check, the Chiefs wrote the check, and off they went. So some some more good stories about how the NFL really is good. involved in the process. Even though the voting has finished, the counting isn't finished, and good on the Steelers for taking care of those folks who are under a lot of pressure. In these states Definitely. where the numbers are changing and you've got arguments in one state, I still can't figure this out. This is not a political commentary. I just don't know how you argue in one state 
stop counting, and in another state, keep counting. That's for another channel to sift out. It gives me a headache trying to do that balancing act. But these folks are in the middle of it. And these folks are just trying to do their jobs. And they're under a ton of pressure. So anything that anyone can do to show them support, Chris, I think is good. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, these are, you know, tense times. It seems like everybody is acting appropriately and everything like that. We'll see where it goes, like you said. Uh, But either way, for the most part, been pretty proud of the way everybody's handled this whole situation so far to this point. And all we can do is sit back and, like you said, wait for the news channels to tell us the results, and we'll go from there. And I recall in the days and the weeks preceding the election, there were various people I would encounter during my one trip per week out of the house where I would go to the grocery store. And a lot of people were under the impression that after the election ended, COVID-19 would go away. Well, yeah. It hasn't. Now, I guess they would say the election still hasn't ended, but it's still not going to go away once the last vote is counted. I hope people realize that the numbers are going up nationwide, as everyone who was taking this seriously expected from the moment we realized cold and flu season will put people indoors and enhance the chances for spreading the virus. NFL teams are seeing a spike in players testing positive away from the facility for as long, Chris, as there is. Anything other than a home market bubble and everyone goes their separate ways at the end of practice, at the end of meetings, after a game, you're going to have these opportunities for people to test positive. And they are Jacob Martin, Texans linebacker overnight. The news came out that he tested positive. That was on a Wednesday morning sample, right? The PCR result came in overnight. Texans are going to work remotely today. Yeah. They're missing a day of practice in advance of a game against the Jaguars. And that's just going to be part of the background noise for the NFL. And we just hope it stays in the background so they can play the games. But that's just going to be part of this churn for the yeah. rest of the season, Chris. Yeah, it, it is. You're right. I mean, well, there's just nothing where we can do right now. As you see anywhere, whether you watch the news or just at least living in your community. Yeah, the spread is real. I mean, it certainly has spread more here in the New York, Connecticut area. It's infiltrated my kids' schools in certain areas and schools around town. So, yeah, this is something we're going to have to continue to deal with. And, of course, you know, sports, yeah, it's it's different, but it's still a reflection on society. And you got, you know, 100, 100 guys walking into a building every day. Yeah, well, with the state of the country and COVID right now, some of them are going to walk in with COVID, and we'll see what where we go. But, you know, it's – of course, it, it hurts football teams. I mean, now, man, hey – Look at the matchup tonight. The 49ers, yeah, not are only injured, but now they've lost a little battle with COVID this week to where their banged up, beat up football team, as bad as I can ever remember any top-notch team being banged up, and now they're going to miss two other big-time football players because they're on the COVID list. So uh, teams are going to be handicapped on certain weeks, no practice, missing players, and that's just the way it's going to be here until, like you said, until it goes to the bubble or something like that, and then we won't have to have these conversations nearly as much. And let's boil this down as it relates to the San Francisco 49ers. What happened was Kendrick Bourne, 49ers receiver, tested positive. Yesterday we found out about it, and I want to be as accurate as I can about how this process works. It would have been a Tuesday morning sample with the result returned into Wednesday morning informing the 49ers that Bourne had tested positive. Well, Tuesday was a work day this week because of a Thursday night game. So what they immediately start doing is contact tracing, assessing which other players or coaches fall into that high-risk category for potentially developing it. This is the NFL's way of dealing with the incubation period. That's one of the big donut holes we talked about earlier in the season, and the NFL just dealt with it. At some point in the past few weeks, Chris, with enhanced protocols, I think it was early October, that's when the NFL said, okay, here's what we're going to do. When a guy tests positive, we're going to identify these high-risk close contacts, and we're preemptively taking them out of circulation for five days, Yeah, even if they never get it. So that's how the 49ers are getting screwed tonight. Not that they're getting screwed because this can potentially happen to anyone, but born test positive. Three other guys were deemed to be close contacts. Yeah. Debo Samuel, who was going to miss the game anyway with a hamstring injury. Trent Williams, starting left tackle. Hello. He's not available tonight, even if he never gets COVID-19. And then receiver Brandon Ayuk, first-round draft pick. Guy they traded up to get. Guy who has shown some flashes of high-level ability. 
he's not available tonight either. Not because he's injured, but because he had too close of contact with Kendrick Bourne in that window after he gave a positive sample yeah. that ultimately was determined to indeed be positive for COVID-19. And look at all the other guys they're missing tonight. Oh, Briar, I mean, this is unbelievable. You could almost have an all-star team of their best players that aren't available tonight. Uh, it, it, it's it's un, I don't remember ever a team of, you know, Super Bowl quality ever having to deal with this type of, you know, injuries in a given year. It, it truly is unbelievable. You know, bad luck, yeah, certainly, whatever else it is. I mean, it, I, I don't know what to say about it. But, Mike, let me just get this straight. If it was a normal Sunday game, right, Ayuk and Trent Williams would probably be able to play because it's still within that, is it clo- it's close, right, or maybe not? Yeah, it's close. It's very close, and we're dealing with that with Matthew Stafford, the Lions quarterback, right. who's on the COVID-19 reserve list because he was exposed to someone away from the facility. His wife announced last night that the family was exposed. Stafford was candid about it when I don't know how else the Lions would have known about it, and yeah. it's boom. Right. You're on the COVID-19 reserve list. And, and and look, this is something that we've been talking about for weeks now. Do you really think these people are going to be? I'm surprised Stafford was. I, he did the right thing yeah. because he could have developed it and given it to someone else. And maybe it ends up being caught by someone that it kills. So it is the right thing to do. It's the mature thing to do. We were praising Odo Beckham Jr. for that a couple of weeks ago for saying, hey, I don't feel well. You know, in any other year, guys just suck it up and keep going. But right. because of the possibility he had COVID-19, he raised his hand and he was sent home for a few days. So Stafford's able to come back for the game Sunday, but not practice at all this week. I think it would have been close as to whether or not the 49ers players uh, could have been back for Williams. a Sunday game. Right. right. Because it was a Tuesday exposure. Yeah. And I, it's five days, I think, though, from when you're placed on the list. They were placed on the list yesterday only because it took a day to figure out who was in close contact. And the other thing I'd like to know, right, was the close contact inevitable because of being on the practice field or was it negligent from being in the building and getting too close? Because there's st- the NFL's belief here is yeah, right. that if everyone follows the procedures, even if a guy walks in the door positive and we find out later he gave a sample that was tested positive, no one else should be at risk well clearly three other guys based on being around Kendrick Bourne on Tuesday were at risk so yeah. that's where I'm confused and there's a whole lot of transparency no see there's a lot of confusion and people are just like what the hell's going on and it feels arbitrary and if I was a 49ers fan I'd be pissed right now Chris that the game is going forward move it to Monday we've already shown that we can stretch that rubber band move it around give us a fair chance here move it to Monday move it to Tuesday if you have to Give us a chance to play this game. Otherwise, tonight it's a joke. It's meaningless. It's the A team for the Packers versus the B team for the 49ers. No, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, in a lot of ways, they have a lot more ground to stand on than, like, let's say the Las Vegas Raiders a few weeks ago with all the offensive linemen, right? That was an issue. You know, we had heard there was, you know, some rumblings out of the Raiders organization about they didn't think it was fair that they were going to be have be forced to play on Sunday, that Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean – all the injuries, COVID guys on on that list now, you know, a team that's playing one of the most important games of the year. I mean, this is they're getting towards like, well, we can only lose maybe one or two more games the rest of the year and we got to make a run. But even on that, Mike, you know, with all the injuries, all those replacement guys and whoever the hell's playing at quarterback tonight for the 49ers, all that, they don't get to do, again, any walkthroughs, nothing to like really help their football team or get a feel or a grasp of, hey, you're playing here, you got to think about this, and you know this is our game plan, and you'll get to walk through it a little bit. I mean, that to me, I just, wow, they're as handicapped as any team I've seen this year being forced to play a football game. I mean, yeah, I mean this short a period of time, the injuries, and then, of course, the COVID stuff. I understand them. I mean, I understand your point. You know, I, I guess the NFL is kind of just trying to say, what? No, you have enough guys to field this. We're not going to play these type of games anymore and move the schedule around because they are losing a little flexibility as we go forward. And I guess they're just kind of finally, you know, playing, playing hardball here. I don't know, Mike. What's your take on that? Well, as we entered the league, there was that, or the season, excuse me, there was that sense of next man up. And there's 16 guys on the practice squad who can be elevated up to 90 minutes before kickoff, no questions asked. 
And I think we all believe that it would be a situation where on a Sunday morning, five guys wake up sick or they find out that five guys tested positive and they automatically have to replace guys who actually are positive for the virus with other players. And the sense was that under those circumstances, the NFL would say, hey, too bad. You're down five offensive linemen. Next man up. You don't have enough guys on the practice squad to fill those spots. That's on you for not making good roster decisions. The twist has come from this extra level of protection that the NFL now is applying where they're barring guys from the facility who don't have it and may never get it. It's the extra level of abundance of caution, one of the great phrases of the 2020 season. Peter King wrote something about that recently, how that's all we hear over and over again is abundance of caution. But that's what's causing this to happen. And with the Raiders a couple of weeks ago, no one shed any tears because the Raiders, frankly, were a clown show of all the things not to do when it comes to COVID-19. So there was an attitude of that's what you get, even though John Gruden was livid that they didn't bump that game by a day or two to give him a chance to get his offensive lineman ready because they were able to come back. They were able to play. They just weren't there for practice. The 49ers are losing Trent Williams and losing Brandon Ayuk for a game to be played on Thursday night. If you bump it to Monday, then you definitely would have him back. Even Sunday, maybe have a chance to get him back. Yeah. I I think that the reason that this is going forward and it, it reminds me of what we discussed when the Raiders Buccaneers game went forward at 4.05 PM Eastern in a regional window where a lot of people didn't get to enjoy the game. We were saying, move it to Monday night. Let's go. We want to watch it. When the ball's on the tee, they want to kick it because it could get worse. Let's get this game in. Yeah, right. Let's get this game in. We got 256 games to play. This is one more. Check the box. Get it in. Oh, wait, the 49ers are getting screwed here. So what? We want to get the game in. We want to get we want to we want to get closer to our goal of all games. And and that's why I think ultimately they're not going to move it. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be more fair to the 49ers? Sure. Right. And and this is here's what bothers me. Here's what bothers me. The attitude is, it's on you for getting the virus. It's on you, NFL team, whichever team it is, 49ers, Raiders, whatever, for having a guy who gets it as they continue to send all these guys out into the communities where the numbers are going through the roof. Yeah, right. So so there's a randomness to this. It's not always fault. What What they're doing is they're making teams pay the price for the inherent flaws in the NFL's process. Everyone's going home at night and possibly getting it. Yep. Everyone's coming back and giving a sample in the morning. Right. That we don't know until the next day whether or not it was positive. Yeah. So the guy's in the building with everyone else. He's on the practice field with everyone else. He's on the sidelines with everyone else on game day for guys who tested positive on game day. That's where I don't like it because it introduces a randomness that has teams fall victim to this lack of preparation or being shorthanded for a game, and they really didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you're right. It, it's it's hard to avoid at this point unless you're being, you know, l- listen, like you said, you're going to charity events and some building and something like that, then, hey, I, you know, you get it. I, you know, hey, I, I don't feel that sorry for you. I don't know what to say. Yeah, you're, you're toking the line of being reckless and stupid in those type of situations. <laughs> But, but did you say toking. The I line? did, I did. <laughs> but either way, do you think way, that's the right way to what say it? What is the right way? Are what you is it? Toe, toe, toe. 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 That's it. Toe. That's it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that's the one I keep just messing stick, up. Yeah, just but, stick with the T and two vowels. Leave out any other consonants. Okay, thank you. Either way, I guess that's why they have to take these extreme measures, though, right, Mike? I mean, I don't, I don't know. This is why Trent Williams and Brandon Ayuk, even though they're not positive for the test, and. Uh, yeah, they, they, you know, we're in close contact. I, I think that's probably what the NFL is doing. One, they're worried about, hey, we want to make sure the game happens, like you're saying. They want to get that done, and they know it might take a few days before, oh, if we found out somebody else was positive or whatever, it might happen, and then it spreads to the football team. But I guess that's why they have to take these extreme measures for guys that are not positive, too, because of the things you said about the randomness off the field and everything like that to where we just don't know yet. And I guess they're being extra careful. As, as much as it stinks for the 49ers that Trent Williams and Ayuk, you know, are not are not playing, what else is the NFL supposed to do? 
I mean, what is the NFL? Oh, roll the dice and let them in the facility. And then all of a sudden we find out one of them is positive, And now there's 20 other guys positive. So that's where it's a really tough one there. And, and uh, I can't really fault the NFL a whole lot for what they have in, the, in this situation until you have a bubble or something like that. Right. And then it could be different. Well, the only way to ensure equity for all teams would have been to put the teams in a home market bubble to limit the opportunities to catch it when you're away from the facility. And and see, that's the thing. There have been people who have gotten this, even though they've dotted every I and crossed every T and done everything they were supposed to do to avoid it. You know, not every infection and exposure is the result of carelessness or negligence. And I guess the message is, and if if you're an NFL team, coach, GM, owner, team president, whoever, anyone in a position of authority, the message to the entire organization is this. The NFL is is basically applying a strict liability standard. They don't care how any of our people get it. All they care is, did somebody test positive on a day where they gave the sample, were at work, and potentially were in contact with other people? Right. If yes, then whoever they were in sufficiently close contact with is getting shut down even if they never got it. And so we are in an even more important position of having to do everything we can to avoid being exposed to it, which means choosing to stay in a hotel, which means at your house splitting it into sections where the guy who's playing football stays here and everybody else stays there and you just talk through FaceTime or something. Yeah, right. right. You never get in the same room with each other. That, that, those are the kind of measures for the teams down the stretch that want to avoid this. I mean, think about it. For the 49ers yeah. tonight, and we'll talk about this in a second, whether or not they have a snowball's chance in hell against the Packers, but you know, this is a loss that potentially it will move them one closer oh, to one loss right. too many. Yeah. And, you know, not, that, not that we thought they were going to turn it around and make it to the playoffs anyway, but when you're 4-4 four and four and it can go either way and the first game you get this curveball thrown at your head – and you go to four and five, and you feel like it happens under circumstances that weren't appropriate, you know, it makes it even harder for Kyle Shanahan to hold everything together, Chris. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it, it's more of going to be a lesson, again, for I think other teams in football, just again to be like, whoa, we got to be careful here. I mean, this could, you know, this, this could ruin it. This could ruin the whole season for the 49ers. I mean, it really can. And it also can be a great advantage. I mean, think about the Packers right now, a team that's reeling a little bit. What? They've lost two out of the last three. And they got to go to San Francisco, a place where they got whooped last year. I mean, whooped both times. Twice. Yes. Yeah. I mean, totally dominated. And they don't match up well with them, as is even this year. But now, man, you're going to get to go there. And fortunately, your team's done everything right or got lucky and avoided the virus. And you're going to get to play this football game and, yeah, play a much less than 49ers football team here to kind of jumpstart your game there. So, I mean, that's... That, to me, is the thing that I think players are going to continue to look at, especially you know the teams that are in the race right now, where they're going to have these incentives to hopefully be very strict and not be stupid outside the facility. You know, I don't think it's going to be realistic to block off the house for these guys, like you're saying, but I do think they'll try their best to avoid restaurants or doing anything like that. And uh I, I mean, I'd sure as hell yeah. like to think at this point they're right. doing their best to avoid restaurants. Chris, I haven't been I would, to a restaurant yeah. since March. Right. Right. And, and, and I don't have a professional athlete career hinging on my ability to stay away from the virus. I mean, I, I'd like to not catch it. I don't want to roll the dice. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of other factors that make me concerned that I could have a bad outcome. So, right. yeah, I don't want it. But still, you're not giving up much. Right. Listen, one thing I've learned over the last seven months of not going to restaurants is I really didn't need to go to restaurants. It's kind of nice, yeah, but I don't need it, right? right. You can you get don't the food and bring it to your house. Yeah, yeah. you're so, right. It's a, spo you know, it's a spoil uh, of life to be able to go to the restaurant and get away. You're right, but it's not like a necessity or anything like that. And yeah, I would like to think to what you're saying. You know, I know we've had this conversation earlier this week. If I was playing quarterback in football right now, I don't even know if my kids would be in school, anything. I, I'd probably be keeping them all home and just going, sorry, 
This is the way life is right now. It's too important for daddy's career. And it's too important for the rest of your life because daddy's making a lot of money and it's going to help out the rest of your life. So you're staying at home at the kitchen table and looking to the iPad and zoom it up here, kid. I mean, that's what I would be saying if I was still playing. Well, and, and these are the measures that players need to understand they must consider given the way that the NFL is dealing with it. Is it fair? Doesn't matter. This is the way it's going to be. The alternative is home market bubble or don't play. This is the only way that they can do it safely. This is their way of dealing with the inherent flaws in the system, the incubation period and the lag time between sample collection and the arrival of the result. Those are things the NFL at least has acknowledged in a roundabout way. It can't crack. So it has to it has to come up with a hack around it. And that's what they've done. And that's why the game's going forward tonight. And look, part of it, let, let's let's just let's be real. We always are. There's a financial motive here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't want to start missing games right. and having to pay back the networks or and even if money wouldn't be paid back, it, it's definitely become something that has to be dealt with in the ongoing relationship. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be in that position. So meanwhile, the networks just have to take it. When, and, and look, this is not – I'm not being critical here. I'm just saying this is the way it is. Fox tonight, they're getting a, a game where it's A team versus B team. Yeah. And this is a far less attractive game now. No, definitely. And, it, it definitely and, is. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but, hey, any given Thursday, right, who knows what will happen. Paul Allen was on PFTPM yesterday, and he follows the Packers very closely because they're in the Vikings division and they play twice a year. He said the Vikings did to the Packers what the 49ers did to the Packers twice last year with the running. He sensed that there were guys on the Packers' defense that just weren't bringing it the way that they should. Right. Speaks to the lack of energy that Aaron Rodgers noticed last yep. week. And maybe there's a way to catch the Packers napping oh. here. Maybe the Packers think they just show up and win this game, and they get hit in the mouth early, and they realize it's not going to be quite so easy. L listen, I, I, you know, before the COVID-19 stuff here, I, I was very seriously going, I'm not so sure I'm not going to take the 49ers here. I was not like, oh, definitely going with Green Bay because they got two more, you know, two more wins than the 49ers at this point or two less losses, whatever that is, you know. But yeah, there is some real issues here with the matchup. The NFL is a matchup league. And as we've seen, the Packers, they can stop the run against good running football teams. I mean, that's just the, the simple facts of the matter. And Shanahan, with his ability to run and then the knowledge he has of Mike Pettin because they were on the same staff. This is where he can be dangerous. You know, this is why he was dangerous against them last year because I'm sure he knew, oh, if I get him in this formation or this and that, he likes to play this defense. And, oh, man, do I got something for him when he does that. Oh, bam, George Kittle, you know, corner post, 70-yard touchdown. Oh, Raheem Mozart down the sideline, untouched for 45-yard touchdown runs. So, there is something to look at tonight where I do give the 49ers hope. One, because they still got some good football players on the field. Two, Shanahan is creative, but I just don't know if they can overcome it now. I don't. I, it's just it's a few too many players and then no practice or walkthroughs or being in the building yesterday. I just don't think I could actually pick the 49ers as much as I think they have a chance to pull off an upset tonight. That's where an extra few days would have really, it really would have, right? Kyle Shanahan, not in so far as maybe you get Trent Williams and Brandon Ayuk back, but you get a little more time to cook up something that you can implement, that you yes, can teach, right. and that your guys can go out and, right. and try to knock off the Packers. But I'm with you. This sets up as a potential surprise mm -hmm. for Green Bay. Look, they've been dreadful their last three games in California, and it's glaring because. They otherwise have been so damn good. Right. Last year they were thirteen and three in the regular season, thirteen and four if you add in the playoffs. One loss at home, a close one, a fluky one to the Eagles on a Thursday night. Three losses in California, and ugly losses in California to a non-playoff Chargers team in a building where the Packers overran the stadium. Right. Packers fans overran the stadium, and two losses to the 49ers. I remember we had Zadarius Smith with us at the Super Bowl and he was at a loss to explain what happened and he, he admitted was. they don't have energy, they don't have juice. There's 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 a defect there somewhere somehow. And we we talked about this on Football Pod in America yesterday cuz I was 
pressing Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison to help me understand when Aaron Rodgers says there's a lack of energy, who's who's he calling out? Yeah. Rodney says it's the defensive leadership that is laying down on the job that isn't getting it done. And Coach Dungy said in Indianapolis, when Peyton Manning's around, you never hear a thing about a lack of energy. Right. So, you know, you got a shell game here. Yeah. Coach, quarterback, defensive leaders. Right. Somebody's not properly putting a foot in the ass of the Green Bay Packers defense at the worst possible times. Right. And maybe that happens again tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it could. It certainly can. Well, it's hard to have, like, that energy sometimes and the things that Rodney's talking about because I agree with, you know, Rodney, and I understand what he's saying, and I understand what Coach is saying, too. But where I'll say, like, you know, the Packers don't win the physical battle a lot. And when you don't win the physical battle a lot, it's hard to be the team of energy because you're always going, oh, we kind of need the game to go this way. And then we show energy. Oh, we're up by 10? Oh, this is when we get energy because we got pass rushers and we got a lot of good cover guys. And now we're ready. We got energy now. We're up by 10. But wait, it's still 7-7 and you can run and throw? Oh, no, we know we, we lose our energy because they start to get physically beat up. And then on offense – you know, hey, Aaron Jones or not, they're a good running offense, but they're not a great running offense. You know, they're a borderline really good to great running offense because of number 12 at quarterback and what he does. And he opens the field up for the run game and always gets them in the right plays and things like that to where he he is responsible for the energy on offense almost always. He really is. And when I say he, I mean Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I, I just don't know if you can fix some of the problems they have. They're still going to be good. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a, pa a pain in the butt to get them out of the playoffs, but that's because of number 12. You know, I don't know if their team, as we've talked about, I, I don't know if I look at it as Super Bowl caliber. I, I, I look at it as playoff caliber with a Super Bowl quarterback where maybe if you get the right matchups in the playoffs, they can get to the Super Bowl and do some damage there, and we'll see. But I think there's a handful of matchups in the NFC and, and any team that, you know, plays the Packers where it's just not good for them. And, you know, that's where I, I worry about them a little bit. You mentioned Aaron Jones. He's officially questionable for tonight's game with a calf injury. He wasn't right. downgraded yesterday, which means he made the trip and he's in play. And they need him good. because Jamal Williams yeah. is on the COVID-19 reserve list. The Packers had the issue earlier this week because A.J. Dillon, one of their running backs, tested positive on Sunday. To your point about the defense. Yeah. This is something Rodney mentioned yesterday, and this is something I noticed when I rewatched the game earlier this week right. because Shereen Williams and I do a rewatch every Tuesday, and it was that game. There's a moment where, and we always talk about how the X's and O's, and it looks good until it's time to go do it. There's a moment where Irv Smith, Vikings tight end, neutralizes convincingly Preston Smith, right. Packers linebacker, to blow a hole wide open for Dalvin Cook. That shouldn't happen, Chris. De it definitely shouldn't. No. You know, there, there's there's issues as far as physicality for them in the run game, and then there's issues for them schematically a little too at times and where, you know, the positions they're put in. But the biggest problem they have is they just don't have run stoppers. They don't. Kenny Clark is, is good. I think he's a little overrated. I'm not going to lie. I think Green Bay paid him a little too much, but I understand that. They drafted him the first round. He's been pretty consistently good throughout his career. But other than that, Mike, they just don't have anybody else who's capable of either one, clogging holes and creating a mosh pit, or two, just shooting through gaps and creating disruption that way. They have nothing on the inside that way. And, you know, I think it's something that they're going to have to continue to toy with as they go, go here because maybe – Maybe they're a team that goes, hey, the hell with it. We don't play defensive tackles. We got Kenny Clark, and we got Preston Smith, and we got you know Rashawn Gary, who they drafted in the first round two years ago, and Preston Smith. And maybe they just go the linebacker kind of New England route, and they move people around and try to confuse you, and you don't know who's coming, who's going. But I do think it's worth toying with because when they do try to play straight up and physical, they never win those battles. And to further underscore the risks in all NFL communities, the Packers have announced that they will have no no fans at home games for the foreseeable future mm. in the interest of the safety of the community in Wisconsin, one of the areas now where the virus is raging out of control. Let's take a break. When we return, a guy who has been out of control off the field from time to time 
but rarely out of control on the field. Antonio Brown officially practices with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, officially meets with the media for the first time. I'll let you hear some of what he had to say and react to it when PFT Live continues right after this. I live by routines, but I especially love my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. And my shopper knows this about me. When Sunday rolls around and I place my weekly stock-up order, Joe sends texts from the aisles. Wilted lettuce? Nah, hard pass. Deal on my favorite sparkling water? Whew, grab two. Fresh flowers just because? Hmm, sounds like a delightful idea. If you love routines that work for you, get Shipped same-day delivery. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. i just been spending a lot of time with family, uh, working on myself with them, and uh, just staying resilient, you know, uh, keeping the, the mind on the mission. Uh, that's... Uh, being a football player and uh, doing all the things that come with that. Even when the times got hard, you know, keeping myself in shape, uh, keeping myself uh, motivated from within, uh, not listening to the naysayers or not giving doubt or worries about will I be able to return. You know, I had good trainers, good people around me in my corner that uh, kept me encouraged, uh, that kept me motivated. And uh, I just uh, believe, you know, uh, I knew one day I would get a chance to be back in this position. And I just try to check every box to make sure uh, when I was able to get back, you know, that I was ready to go. That's Antonio Brown stringing together into a quilt every possible cliche he could utter with no real insight into anything. I don't want to be overly critical of the guy, but really, it's one cliche after another. Yeah. It's like Tom Brady gave him a list of all the phrases to use, and the one thing that caught my attention, don't listen to the naysayers. Look, Antonio, the naysayers aren't being unfair to you. The naysayers are pointing out the things that you have done, right. the behavior in which you have engaged yes. that has caused you to not play football for the last two seasons. It's your fault, not ours. And and you have deprived yourself of an opportunity to to perform in the waning years of your prime if you're still in your prime and you know, that's not on us. That's on you Antonio Brown. So don't don't I know they find motivation anywhere they can, but don't call out the naysayers when we're merely pointing out the train wreck that he's been the engineer of, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agreed with that. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a, a theme in, you know, just our world right now. Like, I've done something wrong. Wait, how dare you bring attention to me doing something wrong? Uh, and, and, I mean, that's across the board. I mean, I see that with people in my personal life. I mean, everything. It's It's everywhere. So, I don't get that. You're right. You know, he's in this situation because of himself. We're all happy he's back. We all, you, you fought very hard and said a lot of things about him deserving another chance and that he had paid his penalty with all the suspension and all that. But uh, so you, you've really, you stuck up for him that way, but yes. Oh, he got screwed. He, he got did. screwed. He the did. way the NFL handled him last year, he served a 14 game unpaid suspension last yep. year because the NFL wouldn't tell any interested teams whether or not he'd be put on the commissioner exempt list. End result, he's suspended without pay for 14 games. And then they slap him with another eight games this year. It was wrong. Even though his behavior merits criticism, I don't believe that you should use the fact that a guy has done unsavory things, allegedly or actually, as justification for depriving him of his rights. And they did, in my opinion, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. that. You, you, I do. I, you reminded me of that. Yeah. You reminded me that I was pissed off about that. Well, yeah, I just, I, well, I was trying to remind everybody else, though, even though you're, you know, and we're both saying, yeah, you're the one to blame, Antonio Brown. You also did stick up for him that way. And, hey, we're, we're, we're glad he's back. I'm excited to see what he's got. 
to see the combination with him out there with all that talent and Tampa and Brady and everything, and let's see what it's worth. But uh, we'll certainly be watching closely Sunday night to see how he looks. I think one thing we all just need to generally remember when people are accused of doing things they shouldn't have done, they do still have rights, and they do deserve to be treated fairly and properly by the legal system, by their employer. And see, what happens is when there's somebody who does something that makes them unlikable, we all become less sensitive to the fact that they they do have rights. rights. But you know what? One of these days, those rights may need to be exercised by you, by someone you love, by one of your friends, by someone you care about, whatever the case may be. So those rights are there to protect all of us, and we always need to be sensitive to that. And I do think the NFL handled him improperly last year and this year because he could have been playing. You know, this PR obsession the NFL has now as it relates to off-field misconduct where we don't even want to let a guy who's been accused of something that makes us uncomfortable onto the field, even though his rights haven't been resolved yet. That's what leads to situations like this. Here's a little Antonio Brown talking about his new housemate, Tom Brady. If you didn't notice the TB12, here he is gushing about his quarterback. Tom is my boy. Uh, One of the greatest leaders to be around. You know, he's encouraging, always inspiring. Uh, He brings out the best of the people around him. Uh, he wanted the best for everyone around him. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback all time. Uh, nothing he I've done in the past matter. He always getting better uh, day in and day out. And uh, I just learned a lot from him. You know, uh, how, he, how he trains, how he take care of himself professionally, his discipline, his work ethic, his approach. Uh, he's been a great guy in my corner and uh, one of my close one of my close friends. See, I think here's the reality. Antonio Brown is a guy who, in many respects, is completely and totally incorrigible. We'll listen to no one. We'll respond to no one. Responded to Mike Tomlin until he didn't. And the one guy, I think, who has reached him, who has gotten him in line and gotten him to behave is Tom Brady. Chris, I think it's obvious. And I think that's why Brady wants him in Tampa. He knows what Antonio Brown can do on the football field. And I think also... You know, when you're the one guy that a guy no one will listen to actually listens to, I think that creates an, a natural affinity and sure. a friendship there. And I think Tom Brady feels responsible for Antonio Brown. And I, I applaud that aspect of yeah. it, that, that there is this real friendship and that there's respect that is keeping in line a guy who otherwise was all over the place doing all sorts of things he shouldn't have done. So, look, maybe this was not going to work anywhere in the NFL. Maybe there's only one place it was going to work wherever Tom Brady happened to be, and it was never going to work in New England when Tom Brady was there after what happened last year. So now it works in Tampa. And I think I'm rooting for Antonio Brown. I want this. I think this is fascinating. I love a good redemption story, and if Brady can keep him in line, I think he's still got plenty of good football left in the tank, especially with all the weapons that they're going to have around him. Yeah, I, w- I would think so too. I would, th- you know, he's he's a psycho, Antonio Brown, as far as staying in shape, f- staying football ready. I mean, you heard Bruce Arians last week talk about like, oh, he's ready to go day one. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's that's the famous stories you always hear about Antonio Brown, you know. And then I've witnessed it in person too in practice. I mean, it's it's full steam ahead from the second he gets out there. He attacks it. So I think there's like a common place that Brady and Antonio Brown have right off the bat. They love to work. They love to put in the work for their craft so they can be their best on Sundays. And then, you know, hey, there's not a whole lot of people in the world who can put themselves in Antonio Brown's shoes. And Brady does have a great way about him. He's genuinely a nice person. He's got great charisma. You know, he's easy to talk to. He really is. And I think for a guy like Antonio Brown, who, yes, you know, rich and famous and, man, everybody's trying to get at me and wants a piece of me good and bad and everything like that, I think when you see another guy that's in that situation and yet you go, man, it just seems like it's all harmony in his life and he's got it figured out and none of these things in the outside world affect him, I think that's probably where the relationship really grew to where he could respect Tom Brady and be like, wait, he's cool and a great guy and he's like me in a lot of ways, but 
you know, for somehow, some way he's focused his life in and got it all straight. And I think that's probably where he looks at Brady and isn't like amazed. And he's kind of his role model. And that's why he's willing to listen to him and take to him and kind of be his, you know, Robin to, to Brady's Batman at this point. And, and I think there's an important point in all of that, too. When you consider the background of a lot of NFL players and the fact that all of a sudden they become very rich and very yes. famous at a young age. It's a lot. You never know who to trust. Yes. You never know who to trust because all of a sudden you've got people coming out of the woodwork who, under the guise of helping you out, are trying to pick your pocket. And you get overwhelmed by that. And in this setting, it's obvious that Tom Brady does not need to worry about trying to take advantage of Antonio Brown in any way, shape, or form. Tom Brady has already won in every way possible. He can genuinely be interested in helping Antonio Brown, but there still is a selfish motivation there, Chris, because look, if Tom Brady didn't see a high level of potential performance in Antonio Brown, I don't think well, yes. Tom Brady would be spending the time and the effort That's, and whatever yes. marital equity. Remember when he was on with Howard Stern back in April and he talked about how his wife wrote him the letter about balance and stuff. You know, I don't know what the family thinks about the new house guest <laughs> who's living with Tom Brady, but you are encroaching upon other aspects of your life to get the most out of this Antonio Brown relationship. And 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 let's 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 be real about it. Even even though Tom Brady isn't trying to pick Antonio Brown's pocket, Tom Brady wants Antonio Brown on the football field because Antonio Brown's going to help Tom Brady get to number seven. Right. And that's 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 that. that that's why well, this friendship is there. If this guy was just some schlub, some slappy, some guy off the street, Tom Brady's not giving him a room at Derek Jeter's mansion. No, no, he's not. You're right. You know, and, and that's I hear that a lot from the naysayers right now. Oh, I mean, Brady. He wouldn't it's care. Not, it's not naysayer. It's no. truth sayer. I know. I know. But, you know, it's it's trying to put it all in a negative light or a little bit like where. It's the truth. I know. It's the truth. It is the truth. But yet, like, hey. You can't handle the truth. I can, soldier. Hold on and let me explain something <laughs> for a second. But I, I think I think the thing, you know, where that gets a little bit like lost in translation or whatever is. First off, we don't know what he would do for other people. But second off, okay, yes, I mean, it it, it, it all conveniently works. He's not going to just, oh, hey, hey, coach, you know, I got some crappy receiver down the street and uh, I like him and I'm in his corner and I'm trying to help him out. You know, I'm going to let him stay at the house. You think we can have a shot to make him on the team? It all worked. The team needed it. You know, he knows how good he is. Yes, he needs him personally. And then also he's friends with the guy and he wants to help him out personally. And that's where it goes together. I mean, yes, you're right. I, You know, Johnny, uh, ex-receiver who was on the practice squad who has life problems. Yeah, it's that's not the same situation. So I know how it looks. And you're right, it is the truth. But there's a lot of circumstances that play into that. It doesn't make it not a good story. But we need to be realistic yeah, about yeah, it. I don't I want to you. get caught up in some mythology here that this is some altruistic endeavor by Tom Brady. He's getting something out of it, too. Yeah. Potentially ring number seven, surpassing Michael Jordan, and then maybe walking off into the sunset unless he develops a taste for number eight. Let's take a break. When we return, Browns GM Andrew Berry met with the media yesterday, talked about OBJ, talked about Baker Mayfield. We'll talk about what he had to say when PFT Live continues right after this. Our focus with Odell is making sure that, you know, he re he recovers from the ACL tear. Like, we want him to be healthy and, and, and um, you know, ready to go next year. Uh, but we're, we're pleased with him. You, you always, I, it's a lot of outside noise about, you know, it's almost kind of feels like a year-to-year -year thing with Odell. Um, not from you guys, but again, from, from the outside. Do you see him as a, you know, long-term, He's uh, along with your young core of guys that, that were drafted by the franchise going forward. Uh, you know, Jake, I feel like this is a question that I've, I've literally addressed every, you know, every week since, uh, right. you know, since I took the job. So like, you know, really at, at this point in time, I don't, I really don't see a difference. Look, I don't buy that 
and I don't like that. And and let me just say, and I don't want to be critical of the people who do the job because you have to have a relationship with the people you cover. But when they tiptoe into these questions, they create the opening for the non-answer. You heard the way the question was set up. Oh, this is a lot of stuff from the outside. No, it's reality. Odell Beckham Jr. has a torn ACL. He's moving deeper into his contract. What does this say about his future with the team? That's a fair question. It should be asked directly. And when you tiptoe around it on the way in, you set the stage for a non-answer, Chris. Well, yeah, especially when you do that. And but but it, you know, to Andrew Bar- Barry's point there, you know, I've I've already seen him answer the question a number of times over the last few weeks. So it is a fair question, but. He said it. Nothing has changed in the meantime, and nor is it going to change in the meantime. You know, at some point, you know, when we get into December and start to early January, when they start to think about, wait, how are we going to set up our 2021 football team? They'll start to have those discussions and see. And, you know, then the offseason will start and things like that. And then, you know, hey, this is out there. This is a common thought across the NFL. And teams might start to call Cleveland. And Gage Odell Beckham Jr., is is there interest in you guys trading him? Is his knee 100%? Those type of things. Was it a normal ACL tear? All those type of things. So for right now, it is what it is. And I think Andrew Berry is just a little bit exhausted from always having to address that hey, same type of conversation. That's what happens when you have an Odell Beckham Jr. on your team. Period. It's part of the job. You deal with it. And Andrew Barry's not available to the media every week, Chris. They do a midseason thing. And I'm surprised they're doing these general manager midseason things this year because it seems like teams have used the pandemic as an occasion to restrict access. But we heard from Joe Douglas earlier this week. We heard from Andrew Barry that this is the time of year where some teams will trot out the GM for a midseason conversation with the media. And uh, they, they, I don't think they're required to do it. But you know what? Why not go ahead and do it, especially if you're going to be asked a bunch of softball tiptoe questions where you can just not answer? I, I feel like this is a question I've addressed every week since I took the job doesn't answer the question about his future. And uh, oh, hey, look, it's free country. He can give that answer if he wants, and we can react to it if we want. He also was asked about Baker Mayfield, whether or not he's met expectations. Barry said he's done everything we've asked of him. He otherwise, though, didn't want to get into this question of whether or not Baker Mayfield is the quarterback moving forward. Joe Douglas, the Jets GM, took that cheese the other day and said that Sam Darnold is the guy in New York. I I think that if I'm Andrew Barry, if I'm the Browns, I, I'm still evaluating. Yeah, and I don't course. know you wear that on your sleeve, right. but of course you've still got to you've still got to look at this guy and make a decision. Is he your guy long term? Yeah, I mean I, I think that's really what both organizations are doing. You brought up the Jets, but yeah, I think they are still in the evaluation process. You know, and and specifically to Cleveland, you know, how could you not be? You know, again, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for Baker Mayfield. He's certainly done some good, um, but we also see he's not necessarily the number one pick type talent that can go, "Hey guys, jump on my back and I'll carry the team." And they might not love that aspect either. Quick break, another hour of PFT Live still to come. We'll be right back. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 